Okay, the listeners want to know, Heather, Mm -hmm. are you eating only orange things now or are you still omatting it? I'm still omatting it, though I fell off the wagon. But now that that I'm not dealing with my mom, I feel like I'll be more successful. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I had a rough like week. Hell week was rough and I was eating all the time. So I had lost 14 pounds and then I gained back six during hell week. You didn't do all of it at least. No, no. So, you know. even half. You did less than half. Going back to OMAD, I love OMAD. It's a great way to live, in my opinion. I'm very happy. Some famous person who I don't know figures <laughs> just does like a fast twice a week. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of variance to intermittent fasting. I, I believe in intermittent fasting fully. I think that there's variations that work for everybody. Some people do the 16-8. Some people do like three days on, four days off or whatever. And you just have to find the right thing that's for you. But I think there's a lot of benefits to intermittent fasting. It makes sense. Your body uses what it needs to use. It's, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't feel like caveman ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> no, know? and I think there's actually a book that talks about that. Like the cavemen didn't eat. They grazed you know. and they mm-hmm. then they ate when they had killed something. Yeah. They ate a lot. So. so yeah, I love OMAD. I'm still all in the OMAD. And you're still doing dinners? Yeah. Oh, it's the best meal to do it for. Though I have convinced the kids like sometimes breakfast is dinner. Because I really want to eat breakfast. Oh, I love. We do breakfast and dinner all the time. It's the best. All the time. My my go-to quick meal is potato and eggs, which is mm, totally... It's delicious. Mm, I want that. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's working out for you. Thank you. And you let us know when it doesn't. Okay. You're listening to the Mother Effin' Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Draguleski. We have an exciting guest this episode. You've heard us talk about her repeatedly. Often. Like often. We name drop her name all the time. Can I talk about behind my back? Well, in a good way. Okay. Well, if you were listening to the podcast, you would know when we dropped (laughs) Well, I did. And I screamed once in my car when I heard you say my name. I remember you texted me that. Yeah. Okay. So it's Renee Percy. (laughs) (laughs) We do it all the time. We say, you should take Renee's class. And I'm just going to say real fast, I remember the first time I met you. You do? Okay. When did we meet? We, I don't know what date. So I oh. guess I remember where we were. We were <laughs> I don't remember a, that much. We were at a Flappers University open mic. Mm-hmm. And you went up and you like slayed it. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> seriously, this is ridiculous. It's, and I remember getting intimidated because yeah. I'm thinking, oh, this is all Flappers students and like all people yeah. who just started and yada, yada. And I was <laughs> like, what? And I sat down and talked to you because I was so impressed. And I was like, this is someone to learn from. Like, I need to get to know her kind of thing. And you're like, oh, I've been doing this for a while. I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, I'm a lot of suck right now because <laughs> hopefully she sucked as bad as I did in the very beginning. It's how I make myself feel better. I go to open mics <laughs> with o- with only new students so that I, then I look good. But then people find out how long I've been doing it. And they're like, oh, you should be better than that. No. So you had yeah. just taken no. a break and we're coming back to it. So yes. let's, let's di- we digress. We need to get start from the beginning. And we're okay. going to just talk about your comedy first. Okay. Um, for a little bit. And then we'll go into some other stuff. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So when did you know that you wanted to be a comedian? Um, when did I know? I think there were many signs along the way that I somehow didn't. It's like when you somebody's like, I'm gay. And they're like, I guess I knew all along, but you didn't really like kind of <laughs> acknowledge it. I don't know, maybe that's a weird thing to compare it to. When I, the very first time I did stand up, um, 
I was on a TV show back in Canada when I was 12 and 13 called Degrassi. Not when Drake was on. Everybody asked me that. This is way, Aww. way, way before Drake. Like, I'm super old. And um, <laughs> uh, in between seasons, they would do this thing called a workshop where they would, like, give us acting classes. And then at the end, there would be this big talent show in front of the whole cast and the producers and the writers so that they would... Um, have ideas about what to write for us, you know, to be like, oh, Drake raps, maybe we'll write in a rap plot or whatever, except he wasn't on that show. Don't get excited. <laughs> um, so for saw, I was 13 now. It was my second season on the show or going into the second season. I was the youngest person on the show. Everybody else was 16 to 18. I was trying to be like super a high school cool. The, I know, yeah. but they were all older playing yeah, younger. Yeah. And I was younger. I was like, thought I was super cool because I was only in grade seven I'm Canadian, seventh grade for Americans. And I was playing ninth grade. And then in, when I was eight, in eighth grade, I was playing 10th grade. And I thought it was super cool. Um, <laughs> like, I'm playing older. Yeah, I was like, I'm kind of in high school. I mean, not in real life, but I play one on TV, you know. And, um, so they made us do this talent show. And for some reason, I thought, oh, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. I've never done it before. I have no idea what made me think this would be a great idea. All the other girls were doing like gymnastics and a lip sync and, you know, fun things. And it was <laughs> the night before and I had written nothing. And I was up. I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my dad until past midnight and him trying to help me write jokes. And I was so stressed out Aww. that I was going to just bomb in front of the entire cast and crew and I was so stressed out so my dad and I sat down and I'm sure he wrote half my set and uh as all good dads will as, yeah <laughs> yeah as I'm stressing it as the night before my projects do and I was like I didn't do anything uh and then the next day I had to perform it and I remember standing backstage it wasn't really a stage we were in a house trying contemplating whether I could break my arm in the kitchen door oh no because <laughs> i was like i wonder if i slam the door hard enough if i could break my arm and then they wouldn't make me go on <laughs> like i was trying oh to get out of it that badly i was i've never been i still remember how fucking nervous i was um but then i went out and i did it and i had so much fun and it was amazing and uh and i was like wow that was the best I will never do that again uh, now that I've checked that off my bucket list. So I did it the first time when I was 13 and then didn't do it again until I was in my 20s. Uh, but it was really fun. Do you want, want me to tell you the one joke I remember? Yes. Yeah. When I was 13, I wrote, uh, or maybe my dad, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, what was it? Hold on. <clears throat> um, can you imagine, I'm trying to do it as if I'm 13, <laughs> if, uh, if Patrick Swayze and Swoozy Kurtz got married, like every time she'd introduce herself, she'd be like, hi, I'm Swoozy Swayze. And people would be like, whoa, lady, <laughs> like lay off the booze or something like that. <laughs> like, uh, that needs to come back. <laughs> well, lady, you've had enough. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious. Did you like it more than acting? Um... In that moment, like for those five minutes that I did, I thought this was super fun. But then I just thought, I'm, I'm not going to do that again. And then I was always, I went to a performing arts high school. I was a drama major. I thought I was going to go to Stratford and do theater and Shakespeare. And, you know, and then I did end up booking a, a, a show out of university, this 
Twelfth Night, and we toured around uh, Europe doing Shakespeare. But I was playing Sir Andrew in Twelfth Night. It was like an all-female cast, yeah. and I was playing like you know the goof and i had size 42 <laughs> pants and suspenders and i'd like glue my hair down and like i was just i'd fall all, i was just yeah. crap falls and dumb and i was like look at me i'm doing theater and then i was like <laughs> no i'm not i'm just doing anything for a laugh but yeah. at the time i was like i'm a real actor <laughs> and um <laughs> i really wasn't so that was another indication like all the girls you know would get flowers and whatever backstage from the admirers because they got to look all pretty on stage yeah. and i just didn't care about that at all i just wanted the laughs on stage and then I was sad off stage as I looked as they got all the flowers but um I didn't care I just there were lots of signs over the years that I just preferred to get a laugh over anything else in my life um what was the question (laughs) (laughs) so when did you start actually like studying stand-up or doing stand-up and what was your process uh again I didn't want to do I got dared to do it um there was like a and not an open mic, like a, I can't even remember what it's called. What was it called? When you just have a bunch of different acts. Anyway. Like a variety show? Yeah, like a variety mm-hmm. show at this theater, this big theater in, in, in Toronto. And uh, my friend and I went to one of the shows. And the next one, you could sign up if you wanted to do something. Oh. And she dared me to do stand-up. And I dared her to do um, a bit from her new one-woman show that she'd never done. And I looked at the date, and I knew I was going to be on tour. I was doing, like, <laughs> this children's theater show around America at the time. So I was like, I'm going to screw her. I'm not even going to be in town. And so I was like, yeah, I'll sign up. So I made her sign up. And I was yeah. like, oh, she's going to have to do it. And I'm not even going to be here. I'm going to be in Delaware or somewhere. <laughs> Way to be a friend and support her. I her know. Too. <laughs> but I want, she needed the push. Yeah. And uh, you did this for her. I did this for her. And the laugh. Yeah. And the laugh that I would then laugh at her for having to do that um but then I ended up getting screwed I forgot my I forgot about it I didn't even write it down because I was like I'm not gonna be here yeah and then my tour got postponed a week <laughs> and then uh I got a call the night before and they're like hey just confirming you're doing 10 minutes of stand-up tomorrow night at the, the, the lab theater or whatever and I was like what <laughs> so uh and they're like by the way we don't have a microphone and I was like okay um great uh they're like is that okay I was like I guess I've never done stand up. I don't know. Do you even need a microphone? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it entails. Uh, so I madly start writing jokes like crazy. And I ran over to my friend's house. We were going to go together. And I was like, they don't have a microphone. What am I going to do? And her sister had kids and she had this like little toy uh, megaphone. And I picked it up and I was like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to start using this. And I like start playing with the voices. Yeah. And I was just messing around and she was laughing so hard. I was like, well, I'm going to bring this. Yeah. I used that megaphone. <laughs> for the first at least two years of my act and it is in my first comedy special I start with the damn megaphone so it was and that kid's like where'd my megaphone go yeah no that <laughs> megaphone went to a better cause kid <laughs> it got me on tv <laughs> yeah so that's when I went back so it was after that I was like all right I'm in so that was uh, after that you were like oh I, I want to do this such a good show like that show was probably one of the best shows I've ever... It's been all downhill since that show. <laughs> and I think I'm just trying to get back to that place where I was like, wow, I've never felt so good. Except maybe when I was 13 and I did it. So my first two times were just like some of the best shows I've ever done. Uh, so it was encouraging. A lot of people start out and it's just shit for months, yeah. years, whatever. It's not to say that it hasn't been shit since. It's been, there's been a lot of that. But the first two were so... Um, infectious and I got the bug and then I was just addicted so then I was addicted after that 
Mm, good addiction, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of all, yeah. There are worse things to be addicted to. Like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here. On the <laughs> blank. <laughs> we could list a whole lot of them. but. So when did you come to California then to pursue... I'm going to guess the acting comedy. Yeah, I wasn't even doing stand-up really when I left Canada. At that point, I was acting a lot, and uh, I was writing a lot for a lot of TV shows there. So stand-up was definitely something I had done, but it was always a means to an end at the time. Mm. Like I want to do, because I was all of a sudden, I was like, I'm getting on TV more doing this stand-up thing than I am with the freaking acting. And same with the writing jobs. I was like, I'm not a writer. And they're like, did you write that? And I was like, yeah. They're like, great. Can you write this? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I am a writer too. So I wasn't doing a ton of it right before I came. And then I got here and I just got bad advice from my management team or whatever. Maybe it was bad. I don't know. They were like, we can't start all over again in a brand new market nobody knows you as an actor a writer and a comedian let's just Mm -hmm. focus on the acting we'll get you famous and then once you're famous then you can do whatever you want and then you can do the other things and I was like that sounds great (laughs) I was like you had me at famous (laughs) um they could have been like we'll get you famous and then we kill your family I'd be like great where do I sign um and uh and then you know a few years six years later I was like well uh that my everybody dropped me my team da 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 I was like I'm not famous this sucks and now I haven't been writing or doing stand-up so I think it's really just came from me um, being a bit of a control freak and feeling I had no control over my career. I had put it in other people's hands mm-hmm. and nothing was happening. And I was like, what's the thing I can control right now? I was like, I need to create, I need to do stuff and I need to be in control. And I was like, it's stand up. I'm going back to stand up because I can do it every night of the week. And I, yeah. I try to as yeah. many nights of the week as I can. And so two and a half years ago, two years in January, I just made a conscious decision that I'm doing this now. That's awesome. And I've been doing it uh, hardcore ever since. And it's, I mean, I still love acting. And if there's anybody out there that wants to hire me, <laughs> I will do it. And I still get to do it a few times a year. But that's the thing is like acting, I get to do a handful of times a year. Yeah. But stand up, I can do, I do every single night. And uh, I, you don't need anybody else. You don't need to rely on anybody. You don't need, I mean, to act, you, you need a whole crew and the, and the costumes and the mega and the da, and then there's the sound and the DP and the, there's hundreds of people involved for you to be like, now I can act. Okay. Stand up is just you. And you're like, and you can do it anytime. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So that's why I've been back the last couple of years. So that's you awesome. came back when we just started. Yeah. 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 When you said that was probably. It, like you know, my, you said it was like, I just got back. This is my first mic back. Like it well, was one go. of your first mics back. Yep. How did you decide to start at Flappers though? Were you taking a class? Like I want to <clears> brush up. I don't think I even did start at Flappers. I started with taking, I took a class down here, not at Flappers. And, uh, and I had a showcase at the, and his showcases are at the improv and it was super fun. And I was like, that was amazing. And then I took the class again so I could just to perform at the yeah. improv again. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I auditioned for Flappers, I think like the Flappers auditions and yeah. then started, you know, every six to eight weeks I would get one five minute spot or whatever. And then started started coming to the mics. And then I, I took Dave's class, I think, at, at Flappers. Yeah, that's what it was. That's why I was at the student mic. Oh, and they let you just skip to level three. Four, <laughs> Four. <actually>. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think, I think it's past level four. It's like Dave's advanced, like yes, invite only. I know. I mean, it's no big deal. <laughs> but, but I'm really glad I did because because of that, then he was like, 
why aren't you getting more spots here? And I was like, well, that's a very good question, Dave. And <laughs> Don't you own uh, this club, Dave? I was like, I think this is your, yeah, this is your department. And he was like, call in on Mondays and tell them I told you to call. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could call. I didn't know there was a thing. And so then... And then yeah. you're like, I'm name dropping. Dave yeah, said. and I was like, um, the owner told me to call, <laughs> which always goes makes makes a lot of friends when you do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the, I've been at Flappers now the last two years, and they've been really good to me. I mean, yeah. oh my She's gosh, headlining, hosting, it's amazing. Teaching and teaching. teaching. Yeah, I always like you need to get Renee. That's like yeah. probably the thing I promote you the most about. It should be your shows, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support. <laughs> Question mark. Forget the shows. Ignore yeah. the shows. Yeah. Just go see her in class. Yeah. Go, see her in class. go to her, her class where she makes a you know an eighth of what the class makes. Anyway, <laughs> no, I I love the teaching, and yeah. I'm actually scared that I'm a better teacher than I am stand up. Sometimes. No. no, don't worry about that. You're you're no. excel at both. You excel at both. I hope yeah. that's not. I hope that's it. It's not the like those who can do and those who can't teach. But I still do. That's the thing. Yeah. But I just no. really enjoy it, and I. I feel like I'm better at the, I can look at somebody else's joke and rain man it in a second and be like, here, your your comedic mind's amazing. I can't do it to myself. Like I'll look at my stuff. If if somebody gave me my stuff, I'd be like, this is bullshit. What the fuck's wrong with you? (laughs) But when somebody else does it, I'm like, and just. Because you're hypercritical of yourself. Maybe. Because that's what everybody is. Like I sit there and I just think all my stuff is shit. Yeah. I want to throw it in the toilet. And I'm like, why am I even doing stand-up? I'm going to go put my head in a yeah. grave and bury it and say, I died. And that's yeah. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, the only, that's that's yeah. the process. That's the yeah. writing process. That's mine every day. Yeah. The only reason why I have any kind of confidence is because I've given feedback to certain people uh-huh. and then they do it on stage and it lands. I'm like, okay, ah, I can write. Yes. Like, this is okay. Yeah. I, yes. I do have this. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think you're so self-critical of yourself. You know, I was complaining about this exact problem to a comedian the other night at Flappers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and his observation, I think this is exactly why this is the way it is, is that he said comedians were, were observational. We're observers. We yeah. see things, right? And so when somebody does something, we're like, no, because I came off stage and he's like, hey, I got a tag for you. And I was like, why don't I think of that? Um, but it's much harder for us to self-reflect and look at our own yeah. stuff. But we're observers, so we observe stuff. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's about eight, eight, ten years ago that you moved here? Eight and a half now, yeah. So did you meet your husband here or in Canada? No, I imported him. Because um, uh, I know he's Canadian too. He is. Yeah, no, no, no. We moved out here together. I took him with me, packed him <laughs> in my suitcase. I was like, I hear there's no good men in LA. I'm going to bring my own. Um, Very accurate. I brought mine from Texas. Yeah, yeah now you got to bring your own. Uh, yeah, no, we moved here together eight and a half years ago. Mm. But we've been together almost 14, I guess. 14. And he's not in entertainment. Well, he was always an actor as well. Oh my goodness. And, uh, but he... For the last decade, he's been doing real estate. Gotcha. Phew. Uh, yeah. So he's a fantastic real estate agent. If anyone needs one, David Ivkovic, davidivkovic.com. Um, he really is. Um, so he still does some commercial and print work on the side, nice. like as a hobby. So he still gets that little outlet, but, uh, you know, has a real job too. So. <laughs> like, thank God. Someone has to. I know, except that's freelance too. Yeah. So we're both screwed, you know. Does he ever give you uh, opinions on your set? Oh, he tries. Uh, <laughs> like, I will murder you. Yeah, that it that. never goes well. It doesn't. Uh, I don't. I can take it from anybody else but him. I'm like, no, you don't know what you're talking. I just turn into a raging <laughs> bitch, and I'm like, you don't know funny. This is funny. I'm gonna make it funny. 
Anyway. When he performed at your birthday show, was yeah. that his first performance in stand-up? No. Oh. So we had, um, I mean, I don't know. We only have half an hour, but uh, <laughs> if we have another 24 hours, I could explain our story. But we broke up for two years. Mm-hmm. And during that time, uh, he suddenly started doing stand-up comedy. Uh, dick. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Like he totally single white femaled me. Like he started doing stand-up, yoga, and running marathons. And like <laughs> at the time, if you were to describe what yeah. who Renee was, those are like the three things that I would ever be known for. And when you broke up, you broke up. Like you, yeah. Divorced. No, we got we got divorced. That's yeah. crazy. Well, he divorced me. Um, oh. uh, I was like, why? And he's like, because you're living with another man. And I was like, ooh, so dramatic. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so then he started doing everything that I had ever done, yeah. uh, even though those are three things he had never had any interest in. So, but so he did take a class of flappers. <laughs> when he was trying to take your class, like I'll yeah. get into Dave's class. <laughs> I wasn't teaching there then. Luckily, actually, no, I, I hadn't even gone back. Hadn't even gone to flappers yeah. yet. I don't think. I must have done a show. He wouldn't have heard of it anyway. Anyway. Whatever. So he had done a little bit of stand-up. So yep. then at my birthday show, yeah, I was like, do you want five minutes or three minutes? And he gave like, him three. I, love I gave him three. <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> That's what it was. I was like, it's kind of a full show. Yeah. And he, But he asked me. It was so cute, actually. I didn't know he wanted to do it. And then he was like, can you come in the studio for a sec? And I was like, why? He's like, I want to show you something. And I was like, what? And then I get into the studio. I had the mic and the lights set up. And he's like, uh, and he auditioned for oh. me to get on my show. <laughs> And I, I think it'd been hilarious if you did like a Gallagher thing. Like, I'm gonna have some watermelons and <laughs> smash them for every year you were born. Yeah, right. So we auditioned, and then I was like, okay, not bad. And then we worked on it a little bit, and then he killed it at my show. It was cute. It was. It was great. It was, it was a great, great show. show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Thank you for coming. Of course. Uh, so after a couple years, then you get back together. Yeah. Like a year and a half, two years. Not even like the our divorce got finalized in in October because it takes six months and yeah. a day from when you file, and then we were back together in January. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, what a pain in the t-. and then a year later after that we got remarried in Hawaii. Did you have like a big wedding again? No, we eloped. Nobody was there. We were on a private beach. Oh. The only other person there was the officiant, and uh, it so maybe was, it didn't happen. Yeah, I have photos to prove it. Um, I have a magnet on my fridge of the photo. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was beautiful. It was like, I love the second wedding, actually. It was so much more. The first, our first wedding was a blast. Like, yeah, we just, it was uh, our, I guess our, I don't know what anniversary to say anymore. Yeah. We have so many. Um, we'd actually been married. There's so many times. We've been married so many times, what? you guys. <laughs> I just keep marrying the same guy. He has, a, he has a legit excuse. I don't know what our anniversary no, is. No, I don't even really know. Don't we know. both <laughs> forgot. But it was only Facebook. I saw all these photos on June 5th, and I was like, oh, my gosh, look at how cool our wedding was. Our first <laughs> wedding was so fun. Okay, wait, here's the secret. I'm already in America. They can't kick me out. I've got my citizenship now. But but um, we were getting married in June anyway, in 2010. But I had applied for my green card, or I was about to submit for it. And if you submit your green card and you're already married and you get it, then your spouse gets it. But if I had applied and we weren't married yet, I wouldn't be able to bring them with me. Oh, so gotcha. we did like a, my mom can't hear this podcast. So <laughs> we did like a, we just went to the courthouse and did a secret wedding. Didn't tell anybody oh, because right. we needed the paperwork to submit with the green card in December. Gotcha. Cause we're like, we can't wait till June. So 
in our heads, we're like, this is not our real wedding. Like, I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? We just booked a time. I was in jeans. We just like ran down there, signed some papers. Yeah. But when we actually got there, we're like, <laughs> it was like very yeah. real. <laughs> so uh, we were like, oh my God, we're secretly married. And we had to have, we have one couple friend that knew because they had to be our witnesses. So um, so then we got married again, like for real. This was our real wedding in June. But then when we signed the papers, we never submitted them because, we, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weird so there's wedding number yeah. two um and then yeah then the third wedding <laughs> um we just like every you know we keep it fresh every few years got married yeah um but this time the first one was a huge party everybody we knew we rented no, a the resort. first one was the courthouse the yeah, oh, yeah you're right you're right, you're right. okay party. i know but we don't talk about the first one because it didn't really happen Shh, don't tell us are there parents. photos no, no, there can be no record. Like even this, that we've recorded this, uh, family will be mad. Um, it can be mad because you already got divorced and then you got married again. That's true. They'll be like, ugh, I can't even count anymore. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Um, but okay, the second one was like such a big party and it was all our friends and we ha- took over an entire resort and it was a weekend and it was so fun. But um, it also felt like a bit of a show. Like my friend's a yeah. dancer and we choreographed this whole dance for the wedding party on the dock and we had this whole like, it was a it was a Production. Yeah. Um, and then our last wedding was just us on a beach, nobody else there. And once the officiant and her husband like left, we had the beach to ourselves. We watched oh. the sunset. And it was so much more meaningful because everything we were saying was just to each other. It yeah. wasn't to everybody that's sitting there watching or listening. Yeah. It was just like everything we were, it was just for us. And uh, I don't know, it was really special. And then, oh, that's a one sweet story. So when he single white femaled me and started doing (laughs) um, marathons, I was in the middle of running the LA Marathon and I didn't know he was running. I've been running for the last two. I've been training like a motherfucker. I'd been sponsored by Nutribullet. I was doing all these. I was like insane because my career was going yeah. nowhere. I was like, I need something to control. Before I'd figured out yeah. stand up, I started running. And I was just forced gumped, gumping my way through life, just running, running, running. He never ran. He was always like, you're getting up to run again? I was like, yes, I do this every morning. I go run. And, uh, <laughs> and then to, in the middle of the marathon, I found out, somebody told me, hey, guess who I just saw? And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, Dave. And I was like, and my mind, and I was like, <laughs> and then I start crying. And I was like, I can't cry while you're running because you need your breath. And I was like, oh my God, I still have like another 16 miles to process this and like go through it. It was horrible. But what I had heard after that he did is he took his wedding ring and he tied it to his running shoe. And at Aww. the start line, he it starts at Dodger Stadium and then it ends yeah. at the Santa Monica Pier. And he ran past the, the, the finish line, down the pier, and threw his ring into the what ocean. What a bastard! No. <laughs> yeah. I kept mine. I still got it. Uh, so now it's back on my finger. Uh, so then when we got married in Hawaii, um, she was doing like this traditional Hawaiian, I don't know, ceremony thing with you have to cleanse the rings in the salt water and da 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 and so I had gotten him a new one and it was in this like conch shell with the yeah. with the salt water and as he was pulling his ring out we realized we're like it's as if your like your ring went into the ocean and now it's coming Aww. back Aww. out of the ocean in the salt water and we were both just like <laughs> <laughs> oh it's beautiful Aww. 
she tied the island in so nicely. She was talking about how like all the, um, I never remember now. <laughs> it was so beautiful. But like how, like the volcanoes in, in Hawaii, how, how from the destruction, like then it cools mm-hmm. and then it hardens and then it's something solid forever, the lava, right? Oh. And so we were like, we exploded and then we, oh. and then we had all this hot lava and then it hardened. And then she's like, but that heart, what hardens has now become earth and you grow on it and it's there forever. And anyway. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. So yeah. It was nice. Comedy. Comedy. Uh, <laughs> so when did you decide, like, after that marriage, uh, <laughs> that one, like, we're ready to start a family? Um, we had already started that before the marriage, mm-hmm. even. Um, it was something that... You're just a crazy person who just does whatever you want. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> much to like, everyone else. Pretty much in November. Day. October yeah. 1st, we divorced. November 1st, yeah. we were already starting. <laughs> no, I had decided... Yeah. I think... I mean, oh man, we're really going to get into this, but that's one of the reasons I think we broke up at the time. Cause I, after being with somebody for a decade and all of a sudden I was like, I think I want a kid. And he's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, it's been a decade. If you're still not ready, I'm like worried it's never going to happen. So I jump shipped super fast. I found yeah. somebody else was like, I want to have a baby with you. And I was like, done, let's do this. Yeah. And so I jump ship. And then, um, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to do this with this person. Yeah. And the whole time I my husband and I were apart. He still fought for me and he was still there for me. And he really like, it really made me realize what till death do us part meant. And he was there forever. Yeah. And uh, it just suddenly was like, this is what I need in a father right now mm-hmm. and who I want to be with. So as soon as we got back together, we just started trying right away. Was yeah. he ready by then? Or was- well, I think it was like one at first, the first time we started, he was like, I don't know if I'm ready. And he started to say it and I just started bawling. And he, oh. I was like, you are in or you are out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, no, we've just been in since. But yeah. um, it might not be in the cards. I have no idea. I know this is the mother effing podcast. Yeah. I'm talking about, uh, well, am I the only non-mother? You yeah, you know, you're right. Because it's, it's important right. to talk about like this part. Yeah. It didn't yeah. happen. No, it has not happened. I, I am a fraud on the mother effing podcast. No. I'm the non-mother. So, so we started trying and it had been like almost a year and nothing had happened. And the, you know, Okay, so when you say trying, are you just like mm, having sex and we're doing it? Out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. because like there's some levels. Like there's people who are no. like, oh, we're just seeing what happens, which I'm like, okay, that's trying, but not really trying. But you were doing like... But then there's other I'm, people who are like, okay, I'm going to track and see when I ovulate. We're, and that's, like, no, that's what I feel like no, is trying. Yes. No, we were trying. We were, I was doing the sticks. I knew my ovulation. I knew like, okay. I never did the temperature thing, but it didn't matter. I was like, we were banging every other day. I was yeah. like, if it's not going to happen from every, like what else is going to happen? So, um, you know, it's hard to know with the healthcare system here. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast could go on forever. But I never knew if they were like just pressuring me because... I really ha- I really have to now, mm. or if it's just because they're like, we want your money right now. Yeah. But either way, I was like, I don't want to risk it. And um, so we started uh, we started doing IVF. So you just went straight for it. Yeah. You just went straight for IVF. You didn't even bother yeah. with like baby IVF or <laughs> baby well, yeah. insemination and a, drugs and stuff. Um, no, we thought about it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. This, I mean. Again, I still don't know if it was just the doctor being like super pressure. She's like, you're 40, you da 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 Like, we got to get on this now. Like, there was so much pressure. Our yeah. doctor was like, you can either waste money and see if it works, mm-hmm. or you can just spend a little bit more money and have a higher percentage rate of it working. It's yes. more economical to do That's three okay. rounds of IVF than mm-hmm. it is to do yeah. three rounds of 
you know, insemination yeah, stuff yeah. and then have to go to IVF anyway. That's exactly the pitch that they gave us too. So maybe that's the whole pitch they did. I think it is. And I mean, maybe we should have done the other one first. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. But this has become some of your most impressive comedy ever. Well, I didn't birth a baby, but I did birth a set out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good set. Something, yeah, it's good. something came out of so it. I was so glad that I did my set before you did your set because I felt like I have a whole set of infertility too. Uh, Not a whole set, maybe like three minutes. Yours is like a solid, <laughs> I can do a you know, Netflix special <laughs> on it. And then I was like, oh, thank God, because if I would have seen yours, I'd be like, oh, I can't do it now because yours is way funnier. Than oh, no, you guys, I mean, it's still your experience. I mean, I'm only talking about my experience and how it was. Um, but yeah, we, we tried it and it didn't work the first time. And it was really annoying because it seemed like everything was good and he, his sperm's good. And my eggs, first time we did it, I got 21 eggs. And they're like, Damn. oh, my God, yeah. you're amazing. What are you, what are you? 12 and I was like yeah and I was like all <laughs> cocky about it and and then there's some weird thing they still don't know like my doctor was all about making it natural <laughs> yeah. yeah which is really weird with all the chemicals and hormones that were injected in my body but um to let the sperm and the egg just um like put them together in the dish yeah. and let them like do their thing on their own um and a few days later she's like yeah none of them have fertilized like wow. his sperm just and they used all 21 for that yes all wow. they used them all at once wow. and none of his sperm wanted to fertilize my eggs and i was very offended um, <laughs> they're like we're so not ready i know Oh, exactly. And I was like, <gasps> they're like, are my eggs not skinny enough for you or pretty enough? Like, what is wrong with my eggs? So it was a few days later and she's like, we can do the rescue ICSI thing where they just grab his sperm and they just shove him in the egg. Yeah. And I was like, you do that. I was yeah. like, you grab those little fuckers, you <laughs> shove them in the egg and you tell them where to go. And I was like, why didn't you do this from the beginning? And she's yeah. like, well, we wanted it to be natural. It's better that. And I was like, at this point, I don't fucking want natural. I was like, just shove them in. So by the end of the seven days or whatever, none of them made it really? enough oh. to the to the place because they had done it too late. So I was very upset with our doctor that she didn't because everybody else I talked to was like, oh, my doctor did half and half just to see. Yeah. And I was like, why the frick didn't we do that? She's like, we just thought we had so many. Like, of course, they're going to fertilize. Yeah. So well, you thought wrong. I yeah. know. I, I feel like that's the thing with IVF, though, is that I really don't believe that they know anything. I yeah. feel like it's just as much of a shot in the dark as trying on your own. Like, they're just like, <laughs> they're just like throwing shit at the wall. Yeah. They don't know. So I got talked into doing it again, and I really didn't want to. And I was like, all right. You got talked to by the doctor, by your well, husband, just by society, fact, by me. By all of those things. Yeah, just not the, me. Not you. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly Patty. And um, <laughs> no, just that, that there was there was a quantifiable reason why maybe it didn't work this time. And then if we did this different thing, that there was a much higher chance of it working. So I was like... Yeah. That makes sense to me. It sucks that we went through this, but now we know what the process is and all of that, fine. So we started again, and this time they were going to just ICSI them from the beginning, just shove yeah. the little bastards in. And uh, and so they did that, and we had great results at the beginning, and then again by the end of the week, I think we only had, that had like finally like metastasized or become embryos, I think we had four and then they test those to make sure that they're okay. And two were no good. And two were fine, but did have genetic flaws in them. So then we had to get those like analyzed, like what kind of flaws is yeah. it like, is it, you know, down, like, are they going to be a vegetable yeah. or is it they, you know, they might have a weird eye. Like, I don't know. Yeah. 
And so we kind of got those results back and they weren't anything that I was willing to go through mm. all of the hormones and injections and all of that again to try. Um, and also, I mean, just naturally, that's why there's so many miscarriages. If a woman's mm -hmm. baby isn't right, it usually miscarries yeah. itself. Yeah. So I didn't want to go through all of that only to find out it's going to miscarry on its own anyway, yeah. or it's going to have a horrible life, or it's not going to make it, or I, I don't know. It's just, and we weighed it. It was really hard to weigh that, but because we were so close, we like, we could try with these, yeah. but then... Uh, we decided not to. And then it was like, all right, well, well, next time we do IVF. And I was like, whoa. I was like, no, now yeah. there's no next time for me because there wasn't anything specific that we could point to. Like, oh, we, we, the eggs, we didn't do ICSI. Now if we do ICSI. Now I was like, what's different this time? What are we going to do yeah. other than the exact same thing? The second time I got 22 eggs. It's not oh that gosh, I don't have yeah. a million eggs. Yeah. And it's not that he doesn't have a million, billions of sperm and they tested great. And my eggs test grade and like there's I, I just I feel like I don't know what the difference would be this time so I didn't a want to put my body through it again yeah. and b I mean we just don't have any more money <laughs> um, but even if I had all the money in the world I don't know if I would do it again so what are your plans then for motherhood um right now it's just I, I want I still think it's gonna happen I just still feel like it will but I don't want science involved in it um I mean I don't know we're just gonna keep banging like we're still married stuff's gonna happen but if it doesn't happen then I'm not I'm open to adoption it's just that I don't I'm not at the point where I even I have to think about it I had yeah. to think about this because there was a, a time um you know, constraint with my age. And yeah. so I had to do this now, even though, as I say in my stand-up, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted a child in another five years. Like yeah. I've never been like, now is the right time. So well, this know, was the only right time. Because Hattie and I are hoping that you have one naturally because we worry that if you get adoption, you're going to be better than us. <laughs> I <laughs> know. <gonna> be... <laughs> it's no. true. We've I'll actually just, had that conversation yeah, a couple of times. Like, that'll be... Renee has to get pregnant. I mean, not to the point where I'm not praying. I'm praying <laughs> yeah. that it happens for yeah. you, but I'm praying way more that it happens naturally yeah. than I do that you're going to adopt. The last thing I need is, oh, there's her Netflix yeah. special about adoption. <laughs> I know I'll try not to tread on that territory you're welcome to if it happens though I will say though I mean there is some people say it's not but I think there is some interesting evidence that adoption makes you more fertile right. as a woman I've heard that uh, oh, we had a family oh, I hate that I I've hate it I've had two family friends who adopted one had adopted four boys and had brain tumor and then got pregnant while <gasps> taking the meds for the brain tumor with after four boys, she adopted four boys. Yeah, oh, and gave birth to her fifth boy, and then another family friend. They adopted five kids. The last one with Down syndrome because they felt very, you know, like mm -hmm. there was a need. And then she got pregnant with twins. Oh my gosh! At like forty-seven. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so she's like, well, I have seven kids now. Holy! But yeah. you know no. what? Well, say? the number of people that have said like, yeah. as soon as you, you, as soon as you stop trying, it'll happen, you know, and, and the number of times I've been like, Hey, we're stopped. That's yeah. it. Or as soon as you start, I bet right after you do IVF, the number of people that get pregnant after they do IVF and we've I done it twice. I want to punch these people in the throat. Yeah. Like, I really do. I like I want to punch them in the throat. Someone just told me that a couple, like 
I went to a school meeting and I wanted to punch her in the throat oh. for a couple reasons. Because once she, you're not getting on the PTA now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, she she is like an infertility specialist of some sort. Oh, and she literally said, told her people like, oh, I tell my people that um, if they adopt that the because of the stress level, you know, lowers that it's a higher. It helps. It helps you, you know, possibly become pregnant. And I was like. Adoption isn't just something you do to yeah, help yourself to get and, pregnant. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole child's yeah, yeah. life. There's whole you, other stresses that come. I yeah. know, and I was like, well, now you're a mom, which is a whole stressful thing in yeah. itself. I was like, nah. Yeah. And then she, we had the whole, I'm not going to go to the other one because I will quickie for next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to punch her in the throat. Ooh, I want to hear this one. I know. But when people say those things, it's like even, like, I just don't think about it. Like, really? Like, I want to be a mom so bad that I'm trying yeah. to have... Yeah. a child and you want me to just not think about it even if i lie to myself saying i'm not thinking about it oh, yeah. i'm thinking about I it now it still happens today i have sex with chris and i'm all like maybe i'll get pregnant i'm like patty what are you thinking like yeah because there's just this natural desire yeah to want to do it and like my body doesn't work and so the idea that it could possibly work one day mm-hmm. it goes through your head yeah. so i don't understand how people can be like just don't think about it Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. It's impossible. Well, it's, the number yeah. of times I'm like, okay, I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> it's like, I'm not looking. <laughs> I know. There's me thinking about my next comedy set. Nope, nope, yeah. nope. Don't think about that. But I honestly, yeah. I'm not thinking. I mean, yeah. I'm, I think, sure, every month when I get my period, do I get a little sad? Maybe. But I'm not thinking about it on a daily basis. It's not consuming my life. Because yeah. it was, it felt like a full-time job. And I was like, I have other shit to do. And people are like, wow, all of a sudden you're doing so much stand-up. I'm like, because I'm not at the doctor every other day, yeah. getting more hormone shots and getting more more tests and getting more da 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 like it was full time and yeah. uh yeah i don't have i'm not putting my energy there anyway right now did you have if we believe in murphy's law when you're super busy and exactly. it's the most inconvenient yeah. time possible yeah. when pregnant. i finally book yeah when i finally get my own series yeah they're gonna be like you're pregnant yeah and you're like oh i'm gonna be carrying a lot of laundry baskets yeah i'm the baby bone yeah I know, I'm sure, but what a great problem. Yeah. I'd be happy if, if, if all of those things manifested. But What's one thing you wish people would know about like infertility and going through the process that people don't huh. know? That's interesting. Um, I don't know. What do I want them to know? That it's not, I mean, I feel like we throw around the terms like, oh, I did IVF and people are like, oh, okay. Like it's kind of normalized now, mm-hmm. but it's up. It's a big process. It's not just like, oh, you just, oh, why don't you just go do IVF? Great. Okay. Yeah. I did it. Now I'm pregnant. Great. It's not like, yeah. oh, it's such an easy thing. It's like the amount of stuff that a woman that does IVF goes through to get to the start line where most people get pre- like pee on a stick and they're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And they did nothing to get there. They just yeah. got drunk and ate some whatever Cheetos and like <laughs> now they're pregnant. Um, Have like, you tried getting drunk and just eating Cheetos? You know what? I've tried all of it. People are like, just go to Vegas, get hammered with your. I was like, we, we, we'll try try it like we Back did it that. You know, go to yeah. a prom yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i just need to be 16 again um but that it yeah that it's a, a crazy amount of work and it's super emotional besides the fact that like you're pumping yourself full of so many hormones at one point you're walking around with 23 times the normal amount of hormones in your body and you're you just a mess oh. i was a mess and I'm, I'm trying to do stand-up i think it was one of our shows that i was like 
that Whitney Cummings was on and I cried in front of her for no oh, reason. No. <laughs> and I just look like such an idiot. And you're swollen and you're fat and you're like, you have 22 eggs. Like you just feel like your pants don't fit. You're like, everything's tight. You're walking around like, Bleh. I feel like crap. You're so bloated. And we we were doing a show and one of the shows and she, you know, she's always at Flappers and yeah. was on one of the shows. And Dave knows I was a big fan and he was like, go talk to her, go talk to her. And I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. I do not want to right now. And he's like, just do it. Do and he was like pushing me like a kid at high school, being like, "Oh, go!" And I was that like, like Dave. "Yeah." I was like, "Fuck off!" And then so he went over and talked to her, and I was like, "Oh, you idiot!" And then uh, and then he like called me over, or then he brought her yeah. over to me, and I was like, "Hi, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of yours." And I just, <laughs> I was like, "I just really like all the stuff that you've done." and uh, like as a woman <laughs> like, I was like and I was like oh my god I'm starting to cry and then I was angry that I was starting to cry yeah. and it was too much to explain to her I was like I didn't want to be like I'm doing IVF and I'm really fucked up right now and you know I was like she's gonna think I'm even more crazy so just as I'm like starting to cry she just looks at me and she's like want to take a selfie <laughs> okay like she just would do yeah. anything to get out of that situation I was so angry at Dave I just looked like such an idiot and I was yeah. so mad at him I was like that's not how I wanted to meet her I wanted to meet her as a colleague I'm like hey we're yeah. both on the show okay great yeah. nice to meet you as opposed to like <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's what it does to you <laughs> it makes you a cry bag oh my god yeah that's insane yeah it was super emotional yeah I and so going back I remember in the first class that we were in together mm-hmm. you came in after you found out it hadn't worked yeah time. yeah and it was so intense and raw and the way you talk through it was so funny, but the class didn't want to laugh. I know. Because it was so emotional. I was laughing. But it was so funny when you're like, I don't understand, like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. It's so, it's really interesting. The first time we found out it didn't work or like, oh, yeah, they died, it's done, like, whatever. I couldn't talk for three days. Um, but I did stand up those nights and I, I went to like an open mic, (laughs) I went to the freaking fourth wall and talked about it and the fourth wall. I know, I know of all places to do it, but people were like, did that really happen today or yesterday? And I was like, "Mm -hmm." and they're like, and you're talking about it now, but for some reason talking about it on stage, um, was easier for me than like answering when my mom called. Like I was like, I don't want to talk because I will cry if it's anybody else. But on stage, if I'm trying to make it funny, then I'm at least like finding my way out of it. So yeah. how do you feel then as stand-up is sort of a therapy? Because I really do. I mean, yeah. not that it should be used that way. Like you can't, I use this analogy in class, that like you can't just slap a raw fish on somebody's plate and call it dinner, right? You yeah. need to like fillet that and season it and cook it and da da da. And yes, it's really the fish, but now it's a fillet, da da da, whatever. So you still need to take whatever that raw emotion is or thing that you're going through and then you season it and you cook it and you da da da, add spices and whatever, and then you serve it up. Yeah. So it can't be your therapy it can be quite therapeutic, but, um, yeah, it might start off that way, but it's really gotta, um, progress into something else. Eventually it's gotta be funny. Yeah. It's gotta be delicious. <laughs> if we're going on the fish metaphor, <laughs> they took that far, but uh, it's gotta be funny. Yeah. 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 It's not just about exposing yourself for no reason. Louis CK. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Different kind of exposure. Yeah. So like in Dave's class, he always like really pushes you to like the edge mm-hmm. of the authenticity of like the raw emotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, I don't know what the question is, like because infertility is not talked about. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited when you were up there because I talk about it, but I talk about it and it's like not really good yet. 
But when you talk about it, it's like you're talking about the subject that people don't talk about, mm-hmm. but they're you're putting like real truth to it, but also making it hysterically funny. Like, no, this is what we go through. Sex no longer becomes fun. And you're yeah. like, you want to order Thai food? Like, you yeah. know, like you make it. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's kind of where stand-up comedy is gone now is that we don't audiences want authenticity they want mm-hmm. authentic things i mean yes it has to be funny but it's not like in the 50s and catskills and like hey take my wife play. like it's yeah. like uh, comedy has progressed to a place where you actually have to be saying something with it as well yeah. and there are you know there's nothing wrong with just being a jokey comedian but i feel like there's an opportunity i used to be like that from that's all i was i didn't care i just wanted something funny and i used to just look around the world and be like what's funny is that funny is that funny what about that door what about that chair what's funny about this and i was always looking out in the world for what's funny and now i only look in for what's horrible (laughs) and then i make it funny but i kind of look at like what am i upset about what is not right with with me the world anything and start from that place i guess i feel like that is something that resonates with audiences now if you can not only be funny be funny is very hard on its own but if now you can say something and um and you are telling some kind of universal truth that it will relate to people. And like sometimes when after a show, I have a lot of women that come up to me and everyone tells me their story and blah, blah, blah. Oh. And it's like nice. Or they might cry or hug me or I had an IVI. I didn't, I couldn't uh-huh. talk about it or da, da, da. It's just nice to know that you're connecting with people on, um, on that level. And also I feel like it's not your job as a comedian, but if you have a platform to talk to people, not yeah. that I talk to that many people, but um, why not say something? The Mother Effin Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com. <laughs>